0: Hello, and welcome to the Arrow Video Podcast with Sam and Dan. I'm Sam Ashurst, I'm a writer, I'm a director, and I'm normally joined by my lovely co-host, Dan Martin. But he's getting ready for a trip to see one of the movies I'm most excited for in 2023, Brandon Cronenberg's Infinity Pool, which he worked on, which he's seeing... I believe with the cast and crew in Canada I think that's right so that's incredibly exciting and I'm gonna play the trailer for Infinity Pool now so you can be excited too and so you know I can support my friend so yeah let's have a little listen to the trailer for Infinity Pool and then we'll jump into this week's Arrow movie here's the trailer for Infinity Pool. I don't understand why we're doing this. We barely know these people. It's one day. Let's mix things up a bit. (laughs) You're just happy you found your fan club. I've been waiting six years for your second book. Is it coming out soon? I'm working on it. What do you do for money then? You married (laughs) Rich. I actually came here looking for inspiration. James Foster, you have to come with us. Here, the punishment for any crime committed is death. What? What would you say? But for a significant sum, we'll build a double to send in for your execution. (sighs) Double. of it as a gift it's like a new skin working into place for you to complete your transformation this is just a little game but i can take some blood Just sit there, and watch it happen. You know, James, do you worry they got the wrong man? I really do feel super lucky to be making this podcast with my friend Dan, who's working on some of the most defining horror movies of our era. Dan will be back next time for Night of the Demons. But in the spirit of keeping things moving, let's talk about Sorority House Massacre, which is on the Arrow streaming service here in the States. So it does count. Here's the trailer. Sorority. House, Massacre. After a weekend with us, you're going to want to join this sorority. Maybe we are the haunted sorority house after all. Oh, God. It's him. That's him. That's the guy from my dream. What's the plan here, buddy? You got to get the reason (laughs) behind. Sorority House Massacre, a slash course in absolute terror. Not to be confused with House on Sorority Row, which is a true slasher masterpiece. Sorority House Massacre is far more underseen and actually a little bit more interesting. It's one of the rare 80 slashers that was directed by a woman, Carol Frank. And there's a different kind of gaze here, investigating meta themes. There's a conversation about dream symbolism in this movie that could be taken as a takedown of the genre itself. Or at least an investigation of the recurring tropes in these kinds of movies. Very meta, very, I believe, influential on kevin williamson's scream you will recognize the knife that the killer wields in this movie very familiar if you're a scream fan yeah in terms of the tone it's somewhere between the first nightmare on elm street movie and slumber party massacre which uh, carol frank was actually an assistant director on so clearly learned some tips on that movie because yeah these these films are very very kind of connected and obviously slumber party massacre is another slasher directed by a woman sorority house massacre uses dreams to investigate trauma as opposed to using them to wedge in cheap scares every dream sequence feels like it's trying to tell our protagonist who's an excellent final girl really layered and likable something important. Yes, it's a rip-off of Halloween 2, House on Sorority Row and Slumber Party Massacre, all of which came before this movie, but it still feels like its own beast. It's got a very unique atmosphere and during a montage where some girls try on another girl's clothes, Shay posed the question, is this the greatest scene of all time? So, It has that going for it too. And she might be right. The scene, though, is a creative excuse for the requisite slasher flesh. But I do appreciate that happening during a fun party montage, kind of non-sexualized, as opposed to a sleazy shower scene as appears in the sequel, um, which I cover on this week's VHS Quest over on Patreon. And in fact, if you are a VHS Quest listener, you'll recognise some of these facts, because I also covered this movie over on Patreon. But uh, yeah, the sequel went up this week as well. Sorority House Massacre 2 is basically Male Gaze the movie, And it doesn't come close to matching Carol Frank's work on Sorority House Massacre, the original, though it is a guilty pleasure. But like I say, I talk about that one over on VHS Quest this week, along with three other (laughs) incredible movies. Like this week, I've done three of the best movies I've ever covered on VHS Quest, so that's over there too. Anyway, Sorority House Massacre does start to fall apart a little bit in the third act where the dream world gives way to the real world. But there's still some cool and creepy stuff right up until the bleak ending. It does feel like it should have more of a legacy than it has. Carol Frank didn't actually make another movie after this one. It was much harder for women to fail and go again And in fact, some would say that's still the case now, but certainly in the 80s. But it feels like a tragedy that she didn't do more. And I'm really glad that this one is on the Arrow streaming service so that more people can discover it. It's a a really fun movie with some really interesting ideas. All right, let's move on to recommendations based on Sorority House Massacre. First up, I've mentioned it already but House on Sorority Row. I really do adore this one. It has such a strong atmosphere with a really nasty tone. The performances are great, even if pretty much everyone in it is horrible. (coughs) I love the way it's shot. And the third act is spectacular. There's some wonderful twists, the whole thing feels really Italian or even Spanish in the third act, actually. Yeah, really, really good stuff here. And the final shot, I'm not going to spoil it, but it's pretty fucked up. And it definitely doesn't end like a traditional slasher. So yeah, if you want something that plays with the tropes in a fairly kind of standard way, but gets deeper and darker with it, then House on the Sorority Row is one for you. That's all I say about the movie other than I recommend it. Next up based on Sorority House Massacre we have Halloween 2. Now not John Carpenter's Halloween 2 even though this definitely lifts plot elements from that movie but I'm actually going (laughs) to recommend Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. I'm sorry about that but it is my favourite Halloween movie and it has plenty in common with Sorority House Massacre. It features surreal set pieces including some dream stuff that again has actual impact. There is a point to the dream sequences in this movie as opposed to just filling out time and you could actually argue that the dream sequences make the main argument or the main thesis or present the main theme of Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, which is all about how trauma impacts on people and changes them forever and certainly trauma is worked out through people's dreams as much as it is through their kind of waking life so an excellent and layered final girl just like in sorority house massacre and a meta script that does make it feel more like an exploration of trauma in horror than a straight up slasher movie definitely divisive <laughs> That's probably an understatement, like much of Rob Zombie's stuff. Not a fan of everything he does, but when it hits, it really hits for me. I love House of Thousand Corpses. I think there's some amazing stuff in that. And uh, same goes with Devil's Rejects. But anyway, if you haven't seen it, go in with an open mind. And it's realistic depiction of the impact of abuse, grief, and the terror of having evil in your bloodline will at least have a powerful effect on you, whether that is a very positive response, as was the case for me, or a negative response. You know, there is some really kind of nasty and weird stuff in this film. But, you know, having a a big response is the reason we go to the movies. I'd rather see a film that I absolutely hate than a film that I'm middling on, which is kind of bizarre, but true. So, yeah, Halloween 2 by Rob Zombie. I recommend it based on this film. But what am I going to recommend based on what I've seen in the past two weeks? Let's find out because I'm going to do that now. God, this is uh, this is harder <laughs> without Dan to <laughs> bounce off of. But we're having fun, aren't we? Yes, we are. All right. So uh, first up, based on the past couple of weeks, is Shin Ultraman, which I was lucky enough to to see on the big screen it was played in the states across many theaters just for i think a couple of days only and i went with a a bunch of friends including the cartoonist josh simmons if you haven't read any of josh's work by the way that's an extra recommendation if you can get hold of furry trap which is out of print that has some of the most fucked up and disturbing stuff I have ever read. Josh's mind is a very dark place and I love dark stuff as anyone who's seen A Little More Flesh or A Little More Flesh 2 will tell you. And uh, I feel like Josh and I have similar sensibilities in, in many ways uh, in the way we create our art and the aim of what we're trying to do with it. So recommend Furry Trap if you can get a hold of it. Flayed Corpse is much more accessible you can buy that today and um, that's another collection of short stories again really fucked up horror stuff and that one contains maybe my favorite josh simmons short story you'll know it when you read it it is truly insane and some of the turns in that short story are just so impactful and, and wonderful so yeah anyway i'm starting to ramble i actually didn't plan on uh giving old Josh a push, but I really do love his work so much. And if you like my stuff, you'll love his stuff. Anyway, back to Shin, Ultraman, which maybe I did my Josh Ramble because I'm putting off talking about it. It's definitely a recommendation, but one with kind of caveats. For example, I love Ultra Q, which was the first season of Ultraman, the one that didn't actually feature Ultraman. And it's my favourite season of the entire show. It's basically the X-Files, if Mulder and Scully were investigating Kaiju, and every week there was a different amazing monster, like beautifully designed or conceived. And yeah, I'd heard that there was some ultra cute elements to Shin Ultraman, and it's all wrapped up in the opening montage, basically. Like I was absolutely giddy watching the opening minutes of this movie. I was so excited. And then, for me, the rest of the film doesn't quite live up to those opening minutes. However, it's still very entertaining, beautifully shot, really, really interesting compositions as with shin godzilla which i prefer to this but yeah it's got a really imaginative use of the camera it never puts it in a predictable place there's always some weird framing going on and i really really appreciated that the story involves like a a fake ultra man who everyone thinks is evil it's one of my most hated plots of all time. Really frustrates me. <laughs> I really hate it when there's a character that we know is good and everyone in the movie thinks is bad because it's like we know that they're going to get there eventually and realise they're good and it's just it just pisses me off. So <laughs> what a heartening recommendation for Shin Ultraman that is. I really do think you, you should see it. It's basically, I think Josh described it as an elevated kids movie and, and that's basically what it is. There is some really fun stuff in here. Some of the monsters are great. The fights are fantastic. I love the style of it in many places, but it just doesn't quite reach the heights of Shin Godzilla, but I still recommend it. That's Shin Ultraman. And next up is another film that I'm going to recommend with caveats. It's another 2023 release, and it is Skinnamarink. Now, I saw (laughs) Skinnermarink. I really like saying that word. Um, I saw Skinnermarink on the big screen at the Hollywood Theatre, And I'm really glad I saw it on the big screen. If you get an opportunity in the UK to see it uh, on the biggest possible screen with an audience, I think it will make a real difference to your enjoyment of this film. I can't actually imagine watching it at home unless every single light in the house is switched off. I have headphones on and I keep my eyes glued to the screen because... The minute you look away, kind of the trance is broken, I, I think. Because this is a film that requires a lot of patience, it feels like a series of ambient shorts that have been stitched together as opposed to a, a fully structured film. So, this is something that you experience more than you analyze if that makes sense it's kind of like this weird ride where you're seeing lots of weirdly framed shots with ambience down design there's no score here outside of stuff that plays on the tv which i think is potentially to its detriment but but yeah this is another one where i do feel like everyone should see it and make up their own mind there are some people out there where this is going to be their most terrifying movie of all time but it's kind of hard to watch it as a filmmaker and and not think, oh, if only you'd done this or if only you'd done this, which is the worst possible way to watch a movie. That's not good. You you should just watch what's in front of you and not try and twist it into a different experience. But I think with this one in particular, there was so much potential and two or three changes could have elevated this into an actual horror masterpiece Whereas I think this is one that is going to unfortunately disappoint a lot of people. But like I say, I still recommend watching it. I think it's going to be on Shudder at some point soon. So if you can recreate the theatrical experience at home and, and really give your full attention to it, there is stuff in here that is very, very creepy, very, very weird. And I look forward to what the director makes next. But yeah, Skinner Marink. I recommend it. And yeah, I guess that means it's time for extra features, extra features, extra features. Extra features. Right, extra features this time. uh, I've got an event I'd like to talk about. If you are in Portland this week, I've teamed up with Floating World Comics and the Hollywood Theatre to put on a screening of 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles a film I love and there will be themed pizza, there'll be cool comics for sale, including Floating World's official New York Ninja comic which they made alongside Vinegar Syndrome so that is an official sequel for the movie in comic book form so we'll be selling that there as well as maybe even my own comic After the War which imagines what it would be like if the machines won the war against the humans and then had to live together afterwards and were quite kind of petty and passive-aggressive so that's After the War. All that will be happening on Wednesday the 18th of January at the Hollywood Theatre at 7pm. So yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the main theatre on the absolutely gigantic screen. So it will be quite the experience. And yeah, it's almost sold out already. So get your tickets today if you can, and I'll see you there. Alright, that's it for this episode. Dan and I will return for Night of the Demons next time. Really, really looking forward to that and hearing all about Infinity Pool as well. Meanwhile, over on VHS Quest, I recently did an alternate Top 10 Movies of 2022, which in many ways is my real list. I had more time to put it together. Though, you know, I stand by many films from the uh, Arrow list I did. Elvis, Tar, um, Triangle of Sadness, other ones. But yeah, I'm glad that I, I took the time to make uh, a separate list over at VHS Quest. So 10 more movies to hear about over there. And I'm also up to 47 VHS recommendations on VHS Quest so 47 weird and obscure movie recommendations await you stuff like Chameleons, Slapshot, Certain Fury, Psycho Cop, Nasty Hero and so many more all watched on VHS and all for just four dollars a month not a week a month. So hopefully worth it. And that's over at Patreon forward slash VHS Quest. And I really do appreciate everyone who's joined me over there so far. You are the actual best. All right, that's it for the Arrow video podcast. Dan and I will return for Night of the Demons. Until then, thank you so much for listening. And we promise to be more professional next time. (coughs) Bye-bye.